and welcome to episode 178 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest DVDs and Blu-rays for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your host, Joel Phelan. In this episode, we're going to do something, I mean, we're still doing the same thing, but a little bit different. We're reviewing two movies. They would be Hardcore Henry and Kingsglaive, Final Fantasy XV. But we're doing a little bit of a video game theme. Uh, Hardcore Henry is not a video game adaptation, but it very much plays like a first-person shooter, and Kingsglaive obviously is related to a video game, but we're going to be talking about our top five video games of all time, and instead of what else we watched, we'll be doing a little bit of what else we played. So, just a little spin on our typical episode, because... Um, we might start doing a little more video game related stuff just to mix in with the movies every once in a while. Yeah, just whatever. And Redbox, you know, you can rent video games from Redbox, so it fits the theme. It's, it's simpatico. Hey, we're not sure how much we'll do of it. Yeah. We'll dip our toes, see how it feels. The water might be nice, or it could be freezing, we don't know yet. So, this is the first glimpse we'll see so do you want to get into hardcore henry yeah all right this movie came out i think it was spring release and had a 48 percent on rotten tomatoes but a lot of people like for as bad of a rotten tomato score as that is i actually heard some pretty decent things about it from people that like video games that said it was like the perfect encapsulation of a first person shooter um, basically, it follows the story of Henry, who wakes up to find he's being like uh, messed with. He's got some kind of robot arm and eye. Like being put together almost. Yeah, him or Robocop a little bit. Some kind of super soldier. And the doctor who's doing it is apparently says she's his girlfriend and... And, um, you know, the whole thing is he's getting chased and fighting back and all this stuff. Basically, it does play a lot like a first-person shooter. But um, what what were your expectations of this? Had you Were you looking forward to it? Had you seen the trailer? Anything like that? I mean, I was interested in it just because it was brave enough to do something kind of completely different. Mm-hmm. I, I had timid expectations though i i really it being so such a new concept i didn't really think it was going to deliver on all fronts but um i don't know i was sort of excited to watch it though yeah i didn't know what i had seen the youtube video that kind of got him the gig and it was cool it had a lot of quality especially for being something like a youtube video you know but, yeah yeah, I think, like, all right, I'll say I did not like the movie, but I think it had things going for it. I'm glad it was made, at least. It was, a, like, a nice uh, experiment, almost. Um, yeah, I think I think the same way you do. It's not a great movie. There's a lot of issues with it, but I'm very happy someone had the cojones to try it out. Yeah, I think a movie like this is possible like a good i think that it is possible to have a first person type of thing and have a good movie i just don't this script is pretty god awful 
And yeah, it, it has serious pacing issues. Yeah. Um, amongst many, many other things, but yeah, here's how I thought about it was like if you know, here's the thing about video games and video game movies. If you make it too much like an actual video game, the best part of a video game is you're actually controlling it and you're playing it, and that's why you can exactly surpass these minor quibbles like a dialogue not being great or the action being repetitive is because you're the one actually doing it. You're in control of all that stuff. And this, to me, felt like watching someone play a bad Sega CD game. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I know you with the uh, video capture. Yeah, it's like sewer shark quality. It, I know because they're using GoPros, so I'm sure it's just not the best quality of cameras, which makes sense. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. And the plot, it, it was almost like too much on the nose as far as like a video game with the twists and turns and endless amounts of people and a helicopter at the end like it's too much like i think they decided we're going to make this we're really not going to take our foot off the pedal mm -hmm. and they thought that would kind of come off as maybe slightly unexpected and a cool like rush but after 20 minutes or it's so you yeah. realize this is a one-trick pony yes and it's exhausting <laughs> Yeah, it it really is. It's it gets to be really hard to watch. Yeah, just because it is a new concept and all that. But yeah, I, was... I think with something like this, will do really well is how VR is becoming more present. Yeah, this would be awesome, like a VR experience. Just you know, put the helmet on and you feel like it. It is actually you. Yeah, if even if they just had the uh, like a one eighty experience, like a lot of things mm -hmm. do. Because it seems to be that unless you're like a high-end gamer, VR is going to be the, the ones where you plug a phone into the front of a thing that has lenses. It's usually $100 or so. Yeah. That would be really cool for something like that. But at the moment, I don't think this concept is ready for cinema. Maybe, or maybe in doses, but... Yeah, maybe like a good short film or something. Like, uh, I don't know, like an action-laden short film. Or if you had enough budget to really put the work in to make it, like slow the pace down here and there, actually make it a good story, and just have, you know, action set pieces sporadically throughout. Yeah, I'm sure this movie was made fairly quickly compared to other oh, movies. Yeah, yeah Like the sure. dude was just... All of a sudden, giving an offer and had to execute on it. it felt that way. Um, also, they're probably their first like real movie they've ever made. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, what I I do say, the action's cool. Yeah, most of the action works, but it's too much. Yeah, and it's repetitive, like I said, and um, the sound effects are horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, I never thought... I'm pretty forgiving with that kind of stuff if you can kind of deliver elsewhere. The Foley And I did notice, like, there's one scene where there's... I think when they're on the tractor-trailer type thing, it all kind of blends together a little bit, but... Where it's literally the same exact screeching sound or whatever. Yeah. Of, like, tires. Uh... And it's super noticeable. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like I said, I usually don't pick up on a stuff sound like bite, that. yeah. Um, I was actually pretty into it for the first 15 minutes or so, and then it was just like, 
a slog after that. I just yeah. sort of like the uh, the char- I forget what the guy's name is, but yeah, he's what really ended up reminding me of like a Sega CD or arcade game where it's like we have to do this. Go <laughs> yeah, here, yeah, yeah. go. Sh- Shalter Coplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so cartoonish, so over the top. Actually, that was one of the parts I kind of liked a little bit. I thought he was funny, even if he was over the top. And yeah, it, eventually I accepted the movie for what it was, and he yeah. was definitely a kind of a shining point of it. Yeah, I just liked uh, all the characters. Like, he's a guy who, I guess, uh, he's like a clone, or it's a bunch of different clones of him or different portrayals of him, and he keeps dying left and right, but then showing up as a completely different character, and every none of them were based in reality at all, basically. Yeah. And Shalto Coplay, I... He's not a great actor. Like every, <laughs> in every movie, he stands out as a cartoon character. In like, uh, I guess he has to be utilized in the right way. But yeah, uh, what this kind of reminded me of is, I'm sure you remember Command and Conquer games. Yes, the cutscenes. One of the first games to really kind of be known for having the acting wasn't good, but it was for a video game was pretty yeah engaging for they the had time. Some recognizable faces and. It was actual acting and costume and all that. Yeah, it was always... The story's sort of cheesy, but it was like... You kind of looked forward to seeing the the cutscenes. Acknowledged. Acknowledged, yeah. (laughs) King of one-liners, that game. Yeah, and Jane was like the super soldier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that game. Maybe it'll show up in my top five. uh, Maybe. I actually also liked... The the main girl, Haley, played by Haley Bennett, was supposed to be his his girlfriend, or was it wife? Or I don't yeah. know. Yeah, been a while since I watched it, but like she, I thought she was pretty good for what it was her part, and apparently she's like, well, could be one of the next big things because she's in the the girl on the train, Magnificent Seven, and I think she. She has a future in this business. Very cool. What did you think of the main bad guy, though? Bad? <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I'm having a hard time really recalling much. It, this is probably the movie I watched the longest ago. And just sort of hopped in and kind of rewatched it in pieces. But so forgettable. Just that. Uh, so... Again, on the nose haircut for a video game villain. The bleach blonde, long hair, the accent. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the superpowers. It was it was just too much. And, yeah, I don't know. Not a lot to say about him other than not very good. I did like the I can- understand why they made the decisions they did on paper. Yeah, but yeah. Then- it just didn't work out. It would have worked as cutscenes in a actual game, almost. Or I don't know. Like it would have worked if this this guy has a future as a video game writer, but not maybe not a movie writer. Yeah, and sort of. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about Kingsley, but sort of like this movie would have been better if it was tied to a, a video game because it would have been so much more forgiving. Yeah, exactly. In that respect, but. 
Whatever. I, I am happy they made this movie. I'm always glad to see people doing something different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm like. My I don't like it at all, but there are things I admire about it. Like one of those things is the the stunt work. I think they did a lot of their own stunts, and it shows that it pays off in a lot of ways. Just with like maybe this guy will end up being like some kind of specialist. Yeah, just come in and help out with like different set pieces and. And like, if he gets to go with Tom Cruise, watch out. They might take over the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I could also see this dude directing like like a TV show, how they do different directors for different episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, because... See something like that working out. Yeah, because... Not in, totally in that format, but... The new season of Black Mirror comes out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I've heard and about this. I could see him doing like a... His little, you know, episode where he does his in all first person or something. Yeah, it's like a technology uh, gone bad type of show. It's really good. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. The, the old ones. Yeah, I was just uh, reading about it the other day. I think we're going to start watching that. Yeah. Yeah, well, we might have to eventually review that. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, Hardcore Henry, um, not a whole lot else to say about it. Uh, actually, like, they definitely nailed the part where he has a gun and he's reloading. It looks exactly like it would. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, that's kind of impressive because, <laughs> I don't know, how can you do the stunts and make it look so good? There's a lot of shining moments in this movie, but the shining moments are like half a second long. Yeah. I Everything's just, so quick. I was sick of the movie a half an hour in. And, I totally agree. I mean, definitely wasn't hard to like finish watching it or anything but yeah it was just a little little over it was exhausting yeah it was it was exhausting what would you give it i'm gonna respectfully give it a five all right all right i'm not too far off i'm giving it a hardcore four and a half i don't disagree with that i'm <laughs> i'm giving it a five mostly out of respect just for doing something different. Got to give it props. <laughs> but let's Maybe get... it will end up being an important movie in the future, you know? Yeah, like a stepping stone or just like, um, yeah. At something least... that had to happen. Yeah, like this could be the first step in, you know, having a different kind of movie. It never hurts to get creative and try something new because how else are you going to, you know, be the next big thing? Absolutely. So... Let's switch our gears <laughs> what, into uh, Kingsglaive, Final Fantasy XV. This is a CGI animated movie. Is it like in-game graphics or? Um, pretty much. If you see the actual gameplay, it looks different because there's more 3D. There's more depth, like actual depth to when something's actually playing. Mm-hmm. The cutscenes, but... This is what the cutscenes would look like. Yeah, and this is basically, it's over two hours long. It's basically like a setup to the game, right? A prequel that leads directly into where the story picks up when the game comes out. Yeah, that's the general gist I get from it. And you're going to have to set up the story of this because it was way too convoluted for me. So, a little perspective. This game was supposed to be Final Fantasy 13 Versus. They were supposed to release two games. 
that was about 10 years ago. Yeah, so I remember that. They've, Final Fantasy's name has kind of dwindled since, I mean, us growing up, Final Fantasy was probably the big, besides like Mario and stuff like that, probably the biggest franchise. I mean, this is the 15th game coming out. I think it stretches back to NES. But anyway, the I guess there's so much going into the game rather than what games normally do is give you a tutorial or a long cutscene or something. They just made a movie to kind of build up what the game was going to be about. I don't 100% know if this movie is, I guess you could say, like, direct canon into the game. Okay. Just because some of the trailers I've seen in Final Fantasy VII, The King... Spoilers. If you don't want to hear anything about this movie game, this is, might be a spoiler. I'm not 100% sure, but... In the movie, the king dies, does he not? Yeah, I thought so. He's definitely in cutscenes in the game. So, I mean, they could very well be flashbacks and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatnot, but... There's some kind of interaction between the king and his son. His son is who is not in the movie at all is the main character of the game. Okay, okay. Yeah, and the I mean, game apparently goes across ten or fifteen years. That's sort of why they made this movie to really give uh, whatever. So the plot of the movie. Let's hear it. Um, first off, this movie kind of suffers from. What a lot of these video game movies do is information dump. Yeah. They give you so many characters and factions and magic and whatever else. It's a bit dizzy. Probably even to like a hardcore Final Fantasy person because all the games sort of stand alone. Similar things. But so there's a war between what I guess is initially a lot of nations, but it generally comes down to two. It's like Nilfgaard and something else. Niflheim? That's close enough. (laughs) Not the easiest names to just remember. But one is a warmongering, industrial, kind of like technological country that is taking over everything else the other one is more of a medieval looking their technology looks recent but it's more like Disney-ish and there's magic that's protecting their city the city sort of looks like Paris when they're walking around it so it's about them having a force field with their magic that keeps whichever one's the bad one at bay. They really should have made them, like, at least start with different letters. Yeah. Nations, you know? Yeah. Like, one was really menacing sounding, and one was, you know, but... Niflheim, I think, is the good guys, quote-unquote. Sounds like it. So the Kingsglaive is sort of the elite soldiers 
of that faction. And they all have like daggers or something like that, that the king has this immense magical power and he's lending it to them. So really essentially what they do is teleport all over the place. Kind of like boomerang their daggers around. And it's just about the politics of these two countries battling it out. And the bad guys sort of setting up a surrender for the sake of peace, but it's all it's all a ruse on both sides. They kind of try to be like spy movie-ish. And the movie's about everything that happens leading up to the signing of a treaty and to some extent what happens afterwards. Yeah. It's basically like social politicking. It almost has a Game of Thrones vibe a little bit, but that might be just because Sean Bean and Lena Headey are voice actors in it. Here's one thing I don't understand is they're the voice actors in the movie and there's different voice actors for the same characters in the game. Couldn't pay the bucks to keep them. Yeah, I mean, I see that, but it's sort of like, I don't know, like that uh, the princess is a seems to be a pretty main character. Yeah. Like even in the game. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand why they would have her voice her in the movie and have someone else do it in the game. Yeah, I don't know. Which I don't know. Maybe you just won't even notice. Because like I said about the guy who plays uh, Luke Cage is in Halo. Yeah. And his voice actually isn't used in the game. And I never noticed, to be completely honest, until I read about it. Yeah, they could just get sound alikes and be close enough. Yeah. And you got Aaron Paul in here as well. So, I mean, a voice cast, you got a big three, pretty good. I got to say about them in particular, great job with the voice. Did the best they could, in my opinion. What was that? They did the best they could with the material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie's not amazing by any means. But the guy said about halfway through the movie, I sort of accepted this wasn't really a standalone movie, more of a hype up for a game that I am excited about, that I haven't been excited about the series since Final Fantasy X, which I didn't play. Because <laughs> it had parts that I didn't like about it, but whatever. Still have respect. What, like uh, that sport in underwater? Uh... Yeah, that's the <laughs> one. I didn't like how the leveling was. It was like a board. It was like... Um... Yeah, an outward web, you kind of, you picked which direction you wanted to take it and stuff, I think. Yeah, that was just, it's one of those things that it had so many options that it sort of paralyzed me in a way. Or, I don't know, I, I like I said, I didn't play the game too much. Yeah. I watched a lot of people play it. Yeah, I played it. That was one of my, one of my favorites um, back in the day, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people love that game, so I'm probably an outlying factor. I can understand, though. Like, the main character, Titus, was a complete bitch, basically. Yeah. And not, people are very not forgiving in a... the Final Fantasy games about... Well, voice acting's fairly new, but it used to be the translations weren't good. Yeah, he was just very whiny and annoying, kind of. From what I remember. So anyway, about the movie, I, yeah. I sort of halfway accepted this wasn't a full movie and so I think that influenced me to like it slightly more 
Uh, there were certain people I thought the voice casting was bad. Not that they're not that they were bad in what they did, but how it meshed with. So I guess when they write these scripts, they're just trying to fit the lips movements to Japanese. Yeah. And I just felt like some of the character, like the guy with the broken arm or whatever, I thought his vo- the choice of voice they used for him was horrible. It just didn't fit his body and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the CG though, I gotta say for a video game. Yeah, it looks good. They're getting pretty good. It's Pixar-ish with totally different art style, but. Yeah, that's like, all right, this, it has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes and I see why, but. Yeah, the, they have, like, much like Hardcore Henry, there's stuff about it that is very impressive like just the quality of the cg graphics it's really good and yeah i gotta say you could put this movie on mute and just sort of look how pretty it is and maybe be happier about it yeah it definitely looks good i mean if this was like cutscenes for an rpg that you're playing it'd be awesome you know but as a straight movie that I feel like it was almost two and a half hours long. It felt like it was super way longer. Twice. If this as was long. like an hour or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. If this was an hour, tighten it up. I'd actually enjoy it quite a bit. But it was just so long. It really dragged on and on and on. And it, it tried w- to explain a lot. It didn't really end up explaining much. Yeah, exactly. And it's so convoluted with the different names and the alliances and who's screwing over who yeah oh my god and just like the princess doesn't want to do this but he's really trying to it's just was i was lost the whole time but at the same time i did was able to admire like the action scenes were pretty darn cool and i like the uh, character models themselves yeah exactly without them being literal people they looked as great art style wise and all that yeah i like the world building i like how at first you think it's just your typical like post-apocalyptic type of thing where it's barren lands and these crazy outfits and stuff but then it goes to a different part in, in the city where it's like very realistic and modern looking so that was pretty cool but that could have been established in five minutes instead of two hours yeah for sure um other thing I will say about the art style is I think it's a very um, there's a big debate in the Final Fantasy community whether Final Fantasy is better as a science fiction or more fantasy uh-huh. setting and I thought it was a really good compromise of what they did where they like on one hand the, the one nation looks very castle and yeah Fantasy-wise, while still having technology and whatnot, and the other one is more mechanical and industrial, (laughs) technologically advanced. Yeah, it was almost like Xenogears meets traditional Final Fantasy. Yeah, so I liked that part, because I I really could care less. If you can make a story good in either one, that's cool. Yeah, make me care about the characters. That's all I need in a RPG. And I've always liked 
Like, um, I don't know. I'll get into it a little bit there. But yeah, yeah. I don't really have much else to say about this. I mean, glad I watched it. I mean, it was interesting, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone that's not into Final Fantasy or anything like that. If you're not going to buy Final Fantasy 15, <laughs> don't watch this movie. If you are buying it, maybe not watch this movie. <laughs> But, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, I guess. It wasn't great, but I can't... I, I didn't necessarily regret re, blah, 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 regret watching it. Although no, it was no. maybe an hour of my life I can't get back to. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a 4 out of 10, but, I, yeah, I don't really regret it either because I, I'm really into the Final Fantasy franchise and it was cool to see it for that effect alone. Yeah. You know, I mean, what else was I going to do that day? I was just, it's, I don't know. It was either that or The Secret Life of Pets, which I ended up watching it a little bit later anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to watch something either way. Yeah. Uh, I give it a five and a half. All right. Because I did like it more than Hardcore Henry, but I like both of them for different reasons. And... Sort of the same reasons in a weird way. Is 15 coming out for Xbox or just PlayStation? It'll be all, well, not all. I guess it'll be definitely PS4 and Xbox. Okay. Maybe PC. Um, but who knows? They they announced the new Nintendo system today, and it looked pretty cool, and they actually had people make games for it. So Yeah, let's get into that a little bit real quick since we already brought it up. Well, I didn't really pay attention to the NX. Is that what it was? Yeah, so the NX was the code name. Nintendo's pretty open with usually... They usually hold off on showing off what they're putting out, and they'll roll with the code name for a long time. So the NX is the Switch? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I read about it. I saw the trailer. I'm very interested. It comes out March 2017. It's cartridges again instead of discs. Yeah. Like... I'm actually kind of excited, if you want to explain exactly what it is for people that don't know. The Nintendo Switch is, in in true Nintendo fashion, they're not going to make a system to compete with Xbox and PlayStation, per se. Yeah. They're they're just not going to put out the same box. It just doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. So what they're doing is playing their strengths, which is handheld. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is a console and a handheld where, like, they show this person has a controller where they can take off the two sides where the buttons and sticks are and put it on the side of this console, and it's like a seven-inch screen that you can... Yeah, it's like a tablet, really like an iPad, where you slide little controllers on either side and hold it like a handheld, or you can put the controller together somehow or there's a separate controller and you can play it through the TV or you could put it on a stand to play multiplayer with like yeah. two people having either side of it and it's really cool very versatile um, it looks like it could be good for like old school gamers and young kids at the same time like I think it's something that could get people like me who've been out of the game a little bit maybe to come back a little yeah, for sure. I And I think that's going to be their biggest market is people that were at one point sort of hardcore gamers, but just for one reason or another, just kind of stopped. 
Nintendo has that like appeal. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Like for me, I'm definitely interested depending on price point and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know if it'll be in my budget right away, but it's definitely something like maybe next Christmas I could see myself getting the kids or something. One thing I'll say about Nintendo is they're usually very good with price. Yeah. So I can't imagine this being too bad. I can see it maybe being four hundred dollars. Yeah, that's what I was. They have different levels of memory or whatever. Yeah, I was thinking three fifty four hundred. Yeah, between three and four hundred dollars is what I'd expect this to be. If it's three hundred, that's a knockout of the yeah, park. Yeah, that would be crazy. I'd definitely grab that. Just what Nintendo th- is bad at doing is telling you the bad things. Right. <laughs> the limitations. So, like what people were saying is battery, battery life, stored, whatever. What they did with their last console. The Wii U is actually close to the same thing. Oh, really? It comes with like a tablet controller, but the ca- tablet controller looks like it's made by Fisher Price, and you <laughs> have to have the console within a few feet of range or whatever. Okay. It was bad marketing they did a lot of bad things with it nobody made games for it for the most part it does have great games but there's not enough that people are willing to spend and if you're going to spend that much you might as well go all the way to xbox or playstation right yeah because at least with xbox and playstation they have exclusives but you're getting 90 percent of the games you want to play yeah for the most part. besides nintendo just nintendo's the... zelda metroid Mario. Yeah. But uh, one thing I did find interesting was they had Skyrim running. Yeah, I saw that. Looked good, too. Cool. I mean, it's a five, six-year-old game, but whatever. Yeah. Like what I heard one person say was, I don't want to get back into that game, but if I could actually play that game on the go, like on an airplane, train or something, whatever, that would be awesome. It's almost like... They're, which is, I think, could be smart. I mean, it it all depends. We don't know yet, but they're trying to like cut into that mobile gaming type of thing. Like, what would you rather do if you're stuck in a place where normally I pull out my phone? Like, that's all I really play anymore is mobile games. I'll pull out my phone and start playing a stupid game on my phone, or would I rather whip out the freaking Nintendo Switch and play an actual game when I have time to kill? Exactly. And I think sort of what they're doing is trying to prove that mobile gaming could be good, but no one's really done it right yet for the most part. And they just announced they have a mobile game, right, coming out. Yeah, come for uh, the iPhone and whatnot. Yeah, it'll come to everything. Super Mario Run or something? Run or Dash, something like that. Yeah. Like a single press of the screen. Apparently it's really fun. I wouldn't doubt it. I'm guessing it's kind of like Temple Run, but... Yeah, I think it's based off of other franchise of similar games, I'm pretty sure. But what do you think of the cartridges? Like, is that developer, like, is that, are people going to be able to develop it other than Nintendo? So, I think what Nintendo does is you just have to sort of go through them. They're sort of like Apple, probably okay, the closest yeah. to Apple, where they're, it's like a vertical package. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's good because I think cartridges are good for load times and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope there's some sort of digital aspect to it. Uh, I've heard one thing Nintendo's horrible with is 
every system comes out, they put all their classics out. Right. And their, your account doesn't really carry over or it doesn't very well. I think they'll have to get good with that. Yeah. Don't want to Even if they push the reset button and we're like, we can't really bring over some of your stuff, but for now on, that will be the case. I think that'll be good. I think battery life is their number one thing. Yeah. It would be cool if they had like a streaming service where you paid $5 a month or whatever, $10 a month, and they had unlimited access to streaming play like classic games on it. So PlayStation does this. Really? And apparently it's an amazing service in theory, but there's input lag, which is like if that's... I mean, milliseconds off, it really messes with you. Um, there's something on Xbox called EA Access where it's sort of the same idea as Netflix, but you physically download the game. Okay. So like any game that's been out for like six months gets added to a vault for the most part. Yeah. I guess depending. And you have access to that. It's like $5 a month or $30 a year up front. Which is a pretty amazing deal. I'd yeah. like to see him do something like that. Yeah. Almost like or a s- legal emulator or something. Yeah, for sure. Even if it was like five bucks a month for NES games, five bucks a month for like Super Nintendo game or yeah, whatever. Et cetera, et cetera. There's so many games that I would gladly pay that. Yeah, I think I would too. And um, one thing you can't take away from Nintendo is they're what they call first party games, games they develop and ship. Yeah. are always solid, even if their system sucks. And they just have so many tried-and-true franchises. They just released a new version of Zelda, of Mario, of Mario Party, Mario Kart, all that stuff, like Super Smash Brothers. Countless. Metroid. Like, even that alone will be able, enough to at least keep you occupied. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I remember they were asking the head of Xbox about or Nintendo, Sonic. and he was like, he has such respect for the company because they're so opposite. Their hardware business isn't necessary. It's worth a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but their their franchises are with it's sort of like Disney. They're, they have the Mickey Mouse of yeah. gaming. Disney, Apple, Nintendo. Those are the three that seem very it's weird. Similar. They do have a lot of like synergy in a certain yeah, way. Yeah. But it's very cool. I would like to see what the price and all that is. Yeah, I'm I might be getting a Nintendo system for the first time since Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely interested. No doubt about it. And um, one other thing, like system-wise, I'd like to talk about is didn't uh, PlayStation uh, come out with their headset and their uh, virtual reality? Yeah, the PSVR came out um, just a week or so ago, I believe. How much is it to, like, get it and have it be usable? System and all, because I have nothing. I, you need a PlayStation 4. Or a PlayStation 4 Plus, isn't that it? Or is that it? The a- 4 Plus is really, if you have a 4K TV. Okay, so that's just makes Games it aren't actually natively in 4K, but, but it can the movies and stuff. It's, like, upscale. Yeah. It's sort of a stupid release to be... 100% honest with it's you. It's too early, right? Yeah, there's not enough of an install base, and the system doesn't really do that much more. Well, I heard it's like future-proof, basically. That's the thing. 
In a way, but what kind of hurts them is Xbox made like a S version. Yeah. And it pretty much does as much and more for less money. And don't well, my the only thing I thought about was, yeah, it might be future proof, but by the time it gets there, wouldn't there like almost be something else about to come out? <laughs> pretty much, like the Xbox One S. So PlayStation Four, it's 4K and all that. No 4K Blu-ray player, right? and it's no HDR, right? Yeah, or it's optional or okay. something like that. So there's not a lot of incentive for someone to actually do it. Yeah. I'm sure there are games lined up to do it, but it's an optional thing. But the the One S is just the same version of Xbox that slightly upgrade, I mean very slightly upgrade it in power, but it displays 4K and has 4K Blu-ray. The PS4 is supposed to be upgraded from that, but it kind of does less. Okay. I mean, I don't have a PlayStation myself, so I can't... I'm not really trying to, like, talk shit on it. I'm just... No, you're a bonehead. I've heard a lot of people that like PlayStation say this is kind of a boneheaded move. But next year, Xbox has a... Consoles are apparently moving to be more, like, phones. Yeah, like a yearly or every other year upgrade. Or it's, it's the same system, but they can upgrade the specs like a PC. Right. And it's called Project Scorpio, and it will be... I think it's essentially four times stronger than the current PlayStation 4 Xbox. Okay, well, how much is the regular PlayStation 4 now? I think you can get one for about 300 bucks. Okay, and then how do you get VR on, t- on top of that? VR is, at the moment, $400. Okay. Well, that's but, pretty cheap, 700 to get VR. That's Yeah, exactly, that's... Why PlayStation is not going to fail initially? Because the quality isn't as good as yeah. As I PC heard the, the pixel count isn't as high or whatever. But you can get the PlayStation and the PlayStation VR for, I believe, for the most part, cheaper than what you can just buy the headset itself. Oculus. Not to mention, you need like a twelve hundred to fourteen hundred dollar PC PC to run it off the jump. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do it like that. I'd have to do standalone, like, PlayStation, even if it was a little bit less in quality. And cool thing about the PSVR is no one knew this. They never said anything about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can use it on anything. Oh, really? It's not going to display VR, necessarily, right. but you can hook it into your Xbox or your Blu-ray player or whatever. And you just watch it through the headset. It, and you just got, like, a 70-foot TV in front of you. That's pretty awesome. That's cool. Have you heard anything about like the games? I, I, the only thing I've heard is that it's mostly just tech demos right now. Yeah, there's not. There's no actual game games. Maybe for it. one kind of real game. And that's being kind of kind. But do you have to pay for all these demos, or is it like come with it? Um, I think you do. I'm sure something comes with it. Yeah. I heard but... there's a Batman thing where you can like put on the mask and it's literally you with the Batman outfit on. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. It's tech demos. I don't know how much all the games cost to be completely honest. I haven't heard great things, but really what people are excited about is the possibilities. 
a new step. Yeah. Like this is this is such a big thing that people really I don't think have wrapped their heads around it yet. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. Very excited to try all this out, by the way. I have I've never tried any VR. And did I did I hear that there's VR for your for mobile? Yeah, so um, I think you can pretty much use most things on it, but like Google Cardboard really for the, the galaxies and the iPhones and whatnot, you can buy, I think Oculus makes one with Samsung or somebody like that where it's, there's lenses, the, there's the thing that you put on your head and you can plug your phone into it. Okay. It splits your phone into two screens. So it's, it's like natively 3D. But it's not actual VR then. It is, but I'm sure they're. It's right now. It's better for like video and okay. stuff like that. I like got the you. gaming aspect of it probably isn't quite there. Yeah. All right. Well, two things I'm interested in next year potentially. <laughs> if the wife would ever allow it, we'll see. Yeah. Who knows? I'll have to just find something she'd be interested in. That's going to be the tricky part. It it would be interesting if they um like how the new system they're upgrading systems like if maybe they cut the price of the current versions down a lot and packaged it with something like that. So like if they put out a, a new PS4 next year, maybe the current ones would go down to like two hundred bucks. Oh yeah, or just do that a... they could pump out more VR systems. Right, or they combine it like a holiday season bundle pack for six hundred or. Yeah, Whatever. exactly. Uh, I'm personally waiting for next year for the next Xbox thing to come out because they're saying one of the main reasons upgrading it this much is to, I think they want to be able to support whatever VR you want to use. Okay. So but Xbox is going to do VR, but just... They're waiting for VR to mature a little bit. That's pretty smart. Well, then I might have to do that because I don't have an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4. All I have is PlayStation 3, so I want to make sure I... Hit it at the right time. If I make yeah, the apparently um, it's a smart move because all the since all of these have launched, like they keep track of how many more people buy them. I think one month, not one person bought a Oculus or a Vive or whatever. Uh-huh. Vive is like the top of the line. Yeah, Oculus yeah, I've heard slightly about that. down. So the people that want them have them. That's true. Yeah, they're gonna have to hit a bro- much broader audience. But exciting, nonetheless. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into our top five. Top five video games of all time. Pretty big list here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I cheated a little bit. I For each number on the countdown, I did pick, like, a genre and then have a list of a few of the games. But I did highlight. I will have an official pick for each number in the countdown. But Yeah, I, I did something similar. So... All right, it's kind of hard. Video games are a little more nuanced than movies in that respect. Yeah, and I mean, we we go from never talking about video games to have count our top five of all time. It's yeah, that's a lot to choose from. But uh, all right, I'll kick it off. My number five category is sports games. Okay, um, always one of my favorites as a kid growing up. Just easy to play. If you know the sport, you know how to basically how to man. And my favorite thing was be like to get Madden and do franchise and just simulate like 
bunch of seasons and maybe oh, play yeah. the playoffs if if my team made it in any given year or whatever. But didn't have enough time to actually play every game and go through years and years. But I'd say the most accessible. Yeah, um, for sure. Genre. Yeah, and I actually had a somewhat decent way of carrying over and off season stuff. Whereas the baseball games and, and stuff like that wasn't quite as realistic. But yeah, Madden was always a favorite. You had triple play for the Sega Genesis, which awesome. we, our family had a lot of fun with. You got the NHL games for PlayStation. Love and let's see, what there's what's the one sports game? FIFA? Well that's always good. Yeah. But even like the NCAA football and NCAA basketball, I had fun with, even if I didn't play them quite as much as the, the others. Yeah, it's a shame they don't make them anymore. Yeah, it's true. But uh, baseball is my sport, well, until MMA, but that's more recent. But baseball was always my sport growing up, and me and Red Belt Report co-host Brooks, your brother, we used to play like high heat baseball all the time and laugh about how bad it could be at times with the graphics and they're winding up and throwing it a hundred miles an hour to each other from like three feet away. Yeah. But I remember then... playing um triple play with you and we would put the home run cheat code in. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing it so many times we broke the game where we <laughs> a thousand foot home runs every time we swung the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, baseball for Super Nintendo was really good, too. And baseball yeah, stars. Baseball stars for regular Nintendo. Uh, but my favorite sports game of all time would have to be The Show, which was more, is a recent one. I think it, they, I mean, recent to me. Uh, they only started making them, like, not too long after before I stopped playing video games. I think want to say maybe 2005, 2006 was when well, it started. It's the premiere game that well, it's yeah. pretty much the only game. But great graphics, great gameplay, and the cool thing is, I think they've introduced different modes. Like you can like make your own guy, and you just play games as a, as your guy from that position. You only do your own at bats. You only field the balls when they're hit. To your position and all that so oh that's cool fifa and madden do something like that now too oh cool cool yeah so that's my number five mlb the show very cool um i don't have a sports game on the list so i would say triple play 96 fifa in general or yeah. uh winning posts yeah little known one in america classic <laughs> Yeah, I'll be getting to that. Saturn. <laughs> I'll be getting to that very soon. But uh, my number five, sort of along the lines of uh, Command and Conquer, okay. a little bit more to it though, called Rise of Nations. Yeah, I've heard of it. Made by Micro or published by Microsoft Studios. I think it might have been Big Huge Games that made it, which. Big Huge Games is actually a Maryland Hunt Valley company. Oh, nice. Or from 40 minutes from us. I think my Aunt Lisa used to work for them. Yeah, it's a... Uh, so apparently the thing about the Maryland game things is these studios closed down and then they just opened another one up and it's been like all the same people for... Yeah. 
long time. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And didn't like Kurt Schilling get in trouble with investing in one? Yeah, I think what was essentially the next version of Big Huge Games. It was like 38 Studios or something. Yeah, yeah. That's Put right. out a great game, but they ended up going bankrupt from funding another game. That's right, yeah. But that company was supposed to be in like Massachusetts or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, it's Rise of Nations, and specifically with its expansion pack. I can't quite remember what it was called. But so this was like a Command & Conquer type being like <laughs> RTS. RTS what they call real-time strategy yeah and it had elements of like turn-based strategy it wasn't literally turn-based but so it was like command and conquer but you played on a risk board all right and it worked the same way as risk but rather than rolling the dice the battle you would go into like an rts battle which sometimes had different objectives and whatnot but that sounds in this cool. game, you had to not only like build a base to build people and stuff, you had to harvest wood, metal, knowledge, which is made by making you... So essentially, you made cities, small cities, and you interconnected these cities and created an economy. You had to mine the metal, the food, yeah, whatnot, to make different character, like, war, whatever. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. move ahead in technology, like literally. So it's sort of like this game, Civilization, mixed. But um, no ore. The ore was <laughs> the wood, yeah, the metal, and the food. <laughs> like different characters would take up different, like a militiaman would take up more whatever than a like a knight cavalry kind of guy. Right. Also had to build an economy between these cities and move your knowledge, which, so you move through the ages, essentially. I got you. You could start with like medieval type guys and work your way up to fairly modern military. No, that's cool. That sounds right up my alley. I like RTSs a lot. And it's like, it's kind of slow moving in a way, but it can also get super hectic because you got to learn to start managing that and getting your army big enough. And you, while you send, even if you have the biggest army in the world, there's attrition and all that. There's all these little things that go into it. And it's just, it's a game that I learned how to play without any tutorial. It's just a lot of times a failing. Yeah. A decent at it. I still haven't seen a game really pull off what they pulled off since. Well, then isn't there a game called StarCraft that's an RTS that's popular? Yeah, that's a. I'd say that's the halo of the RTS world. Okay, it's, it's very complicated, but at the same time, it's not the, the deepest thing in the world. But it's made to be played super competitively. Cool. Cool. This is a little bit more on the other end. It's also an older game. I'm sure you could probably find it for $10 or less and run on just about any computer you have. So I would definitely recommend it if it's up your alley. All right, cool. My number four, I'm going to stay in the sports world. This is the sports sim, sports simulations. And this is where you'll get your winning posts, your 
out of the park baseballs, your world of mixed martial arts, where it takes my favorite part of regular sports games and makes it almost exclusively about that. You just sim seasons and it's supposed to try to make it as realistic as possible. And OOTP is probably the best and most well known of these for baseball. And they're great. That I would be obsessed with them, play them for like a week or a few days to a week, like nonstop obsessively until I burnt myself out and quit for a few months. It's always blowing my mind how people could play that like every day. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's exhausting. It makes my brain hurt sometimes. Or I'll get too far in the future and nothing will be familiar at all. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I've gone too far. There's a uh, a huge franchise called Football Manager. Yeah, I've heard of that. And it's like all that on steroids. It's it's really cool to start getting into, but then you realize how deep it is, and it's demoralizing. <laughs> yeah. And the same people that make Out of the Park Baseball, I think they do a football version now, which I wouldn't mind trying at some point. But Yeah, I think I've heard of it before. I, I wouldn't know what it was called, though. And World of MMA... Four is the game I just started playing this year, uh, this summer actually, and it's very similar to Allo Park Baseball except for MMA, and with you know self-made. I've talked about it on here, but self-made like mods with actual fighters and organizations. Really cool game. Oh, that's cool. Didn't burn out as fast as I did on OOTP, but I still burnt out on it after like a month of it. I'm sure I'll get back into it at some point. And get obsessed with it again. But that's cool. But my favorite sports sim and my pick for number four is Winning Post, like you mentioned, for Sega Saturn. A very rare, probably not well-known game. Horse racing. It's hard to explain. (laughs) Yeah. Hard to explain, but you're basically, you own, you're just the owner. You get into the horse racing game, you, you start out and you buy two horses a three-year-old and two-year-old and and you name your horses basically you put them through races and your goal is to try to just you know win all the trophies the first like the triple crown and the grand prix and all this stuff and you can buy horses at the auction or eventually get your own farm and breed them and just very yeah it's just a very fun game and also very I don't know about realistic, but in a way, and... it does make you feel like you're an owner. It's like it's very mm-hmm. hand. I remember as a kid, I was like, I wish he could be a jockey. And then they came out with those jockey games, and I was like, you yeah. should never be a jockey in these games. It sucks. Exactly, yeah. And that's all they ever do now if they come out with one. And it's they, this terrible. is a still running franchise in Japan. Every another one just never come to the United States. At least once a year, I will like get this urge or feeling inside me where I'm like, they have to have brought winning post over again. Right. And I'm searching it and I'm like trying to figure out a way. And then I see the freaking winning post games that are coming out now. Like the graphics are incredible. It looks amazing. And there's no way for me to play it. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of people. It has this, the people that know about it. Love it. Yeah. A lot of people are like, we'll pay out of pocket. They have it translated. And all this. And just nothing ever comes of it. Yeah, I mean, the simple thing of naming your horse, like, brings you so much investment. 
into And the it. cool thing about the game is every time you play it, it's not the same. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's a couple super horses in the beginning that are sort of always good. Yeah. But they're, how they place and everything, it's, and how long it, sometimes, I've played a couple times where it's taken me like five years to get even a halfway decent horse. I know. And, and sometimes the first horse you pick is. Yeah, it's really cool. Pretty like much that. all the way. And it's also cool because it's not an objective game. Yeah. It's not like you have to win all these races. No, you could go forever. I think eventually you die. Oh, really? I never got that far. It's like 20, 25 years or so. I don't know. I've played for 30 years before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I I think what it, what I was reading is eventually the game can't make new horses. Okay. And it just so sort of, it's super it has realistic. a way of ending it. Like, it's, you had a good run. It's super realistic then, because horse racing is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yep, awesome game. If you ha- if it sounds interesting at all and you haven't played it, definitely hook up a Saturn emulator on your computer and check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, honorable mention on my list is that game. Yeah, hell yeah. What's your number four? And number four is also relevant to today, but it is Red Dead Redemption. Nice. I played it on the 360, but also available on PlayStation 3. And actually, it's available on Xbox One and PS4. As I think PS4 has it today, actually. You know what? I've never played it. It is a masterpiece of gaming. Really? It's so subtle about what it does, and but it it is a GTA style game. It's open world. It's in the Wild West, or the dying Wild West, for that matter. Okay. Go in the Great Plains, a little bit into the mountains. There's a whole other area in Mexico. But on paper, in a way, it's not... There's not much in the game. It's desert. But it's all the things you run into while you're traveling. The story's really... Like, the story sort of ends, like, three or four times, and doesn't really... It seems like the game's over in a way. It doesn't really tell you. So essentially, you were an outlaw at one point. The feds kidnap your family that kind of hold leverage for you to kill some of your old partners. Okay. And it's about the twists and turns of, I have to deal with this person to get to this person. But it, it's not so on the news. Like I'd say the main bad guy, you don't even necessarily know that's your adversary or... Until about a third of the way through the game. Huh. Like, the first third seems like it is the game. So it ends up being pretty long, and towards the end, you get your family back, and you're sort of just raising your son. Like you've got to do the cattle herding and stuff like that. <laughs> it's, uh, I went back and played it recently. Does it hold that up? part of the game doesn't age super well, but it's not bad either. I guess it was important, you know? Yeah. Um, it has an insane ending, which I won't spoil. Um, it's interesting. There's a, I guess you could say there's like a prologue type thing as well. Um, Do you think it that... has a really fun downloadable content, which I'm 
usually not cool with, where it was just turned everything into the undead, zombie apocalypse, but it does it <laughs> in a cool way. It has like a little story. It's more arcadey and fun rather than heavy. Yeah. Great voice acting, great graphics that still pretty much hold up. Um, it's broad. I don't know. You can't really nail it down to one thing, but it does pretty much everything right. All right. I got a couple questions. All right. I'm loving Westworld. I'm into the Wild West right now. I have a PlayStation 3. How much is this, could I get this game for, and is it worth it? Probably fairly cheap. Yeah, it's been if around If you buy while. it digitally, I'd imagine you could probably get it on sale fairly soon. Ten bucks? I'd say fifteen. All right. But with sales and stuff like that, maybe even cheaper. Um, there might be like a $20 version. They might try to sell it to you with the DLC. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a bad buy. Because how I looked at it was when I sort of got burnt out of like, I got to ride all the way here, ride all the way there, whatever. I would kind of play that and blow off some steam. Yeah. Because there sort of is like, like in Fable, how there was the good guy, bad guy thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, something like that. There's just, there's a lot of things to do. You can, there's all these side quests that are all interesting stories of themselves. You can hunt, you can... There's something for everyone in this game. And it one of the best stories ever in a video game. Nice. And do you think it's a game I would like? Are you Yes. Can't... Okay. And it, it's not like super hard to play or anything. Like it's a shooter, but it's one of those ones where you can like you can aim on your own, but you can oh, There's no. like a bullet time feature and whatnot. That's nice. the red dead part of it. Is but it rated? You can click a button and it'll lock onto someone. How R rated is it? Um, I'd say it's no more R-rated for the most part than a Western. Yeah. Like, there's gunplay, obviously. I mean, could I play it in front of the kids? Um, 95% of the game, I think, wouldn't be a big deal. Alright. But it is Rockstar. So it does have a yeah. Grand Theft Auto edge to it. Yeah. And... Like, for instance, there's one scene in, like, Mexico where one of the guys you're kind of working with, you walk in, and he's just, like, banging a chick. <laughs> where it's... I can't remember how much, like, actual, like, nudity, if any, is in the game, but for a video game, it's kind of... Yeah. But it, there's very small parts of that, like, there's parts where there's, like, kind of cruelty, like, crazy people. Yeah. But there's always a tinge of humor any rock star game so yeah next time we do one of these video game episodes i might have something new to talk about i think you would definitely like it cool i'm excited because uh i guess we could talk uh trailer for red dead redemption 2 here because i watched it and i thought it was looked really awesome it it looks beautiful doesn't it yeah it does it's if it wasn't Rockstar that put that trailer out, I would think it was kind of bullshit. Yeah, but they get you can just know from their uh, background that they're going to live up to the hype. 
So uh, one piece of information that came out about that trailer is that was running on a PlayStation 4. Okay. So a lot of times when they make trailers and stuff, it's like, I guess, theoretically, it's running on a system, but it's like a dev kit. It's running on a high-end computer. You see, essentially. It's not coming out for PC as far as I know. Okay, cool. But but that's a, a great sign because PS4 is a little stronger than Xbox, but they're pretty comparable. Nice. All right. Well, my number three, uh, the category genre is the platformer, the classic platform. You got your classic Super Mario, Super Mario 3. Or wait, was this Mario 3? Were the ones on regular Nintendo Super Mario? Um, yeah, I think it's Mario Bros. 3. Yeah, Mario Brothers Super 3. Super Mario World. Super Mario World, yes. Correct. Classics, can't get wrong there. Link to the Past. This is basically oh, yeah. where Super Nintendo ruled. It was this platformer. Link to the Past, the best Zelda game ever made. And, well, in my opinion. I didn't really play the 64. I agree. I personally agree. Uh, Donkey Kong Country is a classic in this Amazing. genre. Some people say two is better, but I didn't play it enough. Though. Yeah, same here. Same here. But I have a lot of memories. I actually it. just recently, when we moved to our new house, I busted out the Super Nintendo and played Donkey Kong Country for like three hours one day. These games hold up yeah. incredibly well. The cartridge, man. The graphics really do hold up. Played Maximum Carnage. Anyway. Um, but my favorite platform... If you can consider it a platformer, Mega Man X. Okay. Just love that game. I liked all the Mega Man games, but Mega Man X, I think, is when they most nailed it perfectly with the opening uh, level, getting into it, and just love the cooler design to it than the regular Mega Man games, and the villains are awesome, and love the way you upgrade and all that stuff, so... A lot of people consider those Mega Man games the best, some of the best games ever. Yeah, it's my number three, um, bro. I love Mega Man, but I am not good at them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but it's a game. Like I always like watching like you guys play Mega Man more so <laughs> than I enjoy actually playing it myself. Yeah, for some reason I'm better at Mega Man X than the regular Mega Man's too. I don't know why. Maybe I just played it more. But I, like those, some of the first Mega Man games are really hard. Oh, they're I think Mega Man Two. I think I think is considered one of the harder. Nah, first one, dude. This is the first one. Yeah, I there's, get them mixed up. There's only eight levels, but Jesus, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, Mega Man X is also. I never. I, I don't know why, but I never played like Mega Man X two or three. But probably would have liked them. Yeah, I think those games are decent, but I think they fall under the trying to be the same thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, my number three of all time is the Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Classic. Or specifically Xbox, although I've heard that, or I'm sure it is better on PC. But Yep, even I, I played care. this a lot. Love this game. Um, it's got to be one of my top per hours played games ever. Yeah. Because there was a whole summer where when I play these games, the story's cool and all, but I end up like leaving that behind and yep. just 
I remember just walking around Morrowind in circles, essentially, and just going into things and getting into trouble and stealing stuff, whatever. Whatever fun I found. Yep. Because in that game, you couldn't really fast travel. No, you couldn't do that yet. And it's it's not like... You played Oblivion, didn't you? A little bit, but Morrowind was... So Oblivion's a little bit dumbed down compared to... Yeah. That. Like, Morrowind's very open. It doesn't really tell you how to do things. You can just sort of figure them out on your own. Which is not appealing to some pe- a lot of people, really. Yeah, I was much more... You could kind of break the game if you wanted to. You could kill the most important person in the storyline, and it would just say, you screwed everyone in their fate. <laughs> yeah. Revert your save or face the consequences. And I would always do that and just be like, whatever. Yeah, or like, I think the game is ingenious because, I mean, a first-person open world with so much, like, that you could do it. I mean, obviously compared to now, but at the time it's like you could do anything. You could go into someone's house and steal their shit, or you go into a town and you start just punching people or hitting people until the point where, if you ever show up in that town again, immediately everyone's they trying. remember that. <laughs> yeah, they try to kill you immediately, and you gotta like race. You usually, around. pay off a bounty, but if you get to a certain point, they just don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, great um, game, great game. The expansion packs are apparently make it even more incredible. This uh, this game resonates with people so much that they have made versions where it's Morrowind made in the Oblivion engine and then Morrowind <laughs> made in the Skyrim engine. And then someone else is making... In the lore of things, Morrowind is not just that island. It's part of the mainland as well. Mm-hmm. Somebody has made the mainland, which is like... Four times bigger than just even the island. It's incredibly impressive, the um, the fan mods and makes of this game. Yeah, that's really cool. I never played Skyrim, but I played Oblivion a little bit. Didn't like it as much. Skyrim is amazing, but it to me doesn't have a lot of replayability. It, it improved on a lot of things Oblivion did. First off, i got to say, Morrowind shows its age because it doesn't if you have a sword and you're two inches away from someone if your sword skill isn't up you will whiff a hundred times in a row (laughs) yeah that's the kind of sucky part about it yeah skyrim's just a little too they had these things called dynamic quests and all that really was was you have to get x item and x spot and it was like randomized and it was just fetch missions over and over again and fairly short compared to the other ones yeah and the thing i liked was like the, just the natural leveling up like you could literally run and jump up and down steps over and over again to level up your agility or whatever whenever you see people do like let's plays tomorrow when you can tell if they actually used to play because they just they constantly jump you know yeah run <laughs> yeah all right but, my number two is like the classic puzzlers and like Atari regular Nintendo puzzler type of things like Kaboom for Atari. Uh, that's my number two. I'll say it. It's Kaboom. The classic catch the bombs as fast as you can as the guy is throwing them down. Pretty insane game. 
Yeah. Simple, but addicting and very hard at the same time. One of our grandmother's favorite games. Yeah. And yeah, but all right, yeah, I could basically call this G Mom Specials here because also included, I have Tetris, Dr. Mario, and Bubble Bobble. Yeah. Basically, just games That's... I would play with Grandma nonstop all the time. Add uh, the first Zelda for NES on there, and you got her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess it's a little uh, nostalgia factor, and the fact that I grew up in that house, and that's all we played pretty much. If I wanted to play with someone else, and no other kids were there. Another game that I admire a lot that I was horrendously bad at. Yeah, I wasn't spectacular. But I like when we'd have like tournaments, right? When uh, Charlie and Scott and Kit would come over and we're like... All right, Our huge family. <laughs> yeah. And just, all right, who can do the best at Kaboom? And then I think, you know, you'd match it up or whatever and have a tournament. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I always loved uh, diving into the box of Atari games. Like, I remember me and Scott beating this game called Food Fight. Oh, yeah. Beating, in quotes, what we thought after we got to, like, level 30 or so, which it starts becoming the blink of an eye. You have to get to the other side before these chefs throw pies at you. <laughs> and we you... got to 101. Or 101. <laughs> Level like 101. I th- we might have even gotten to like 120 and realized the game doesn't end. And I don't think it could get much faster. Just maxed out, basically. Yeah. You know what game was awesome too? was Warlock. Another awesome game. Yeah. But yeah, I liked just how our family can turn anything into a tournament or a competition. Stats on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your number two? My number two. So this is the class or what they call JRPGs. I have a lot that I love, but my number one for the, this genre is a dead tie for me. But it's between Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, talk Final, personally. Talk Final I Fantasy like IX. Yeah, talk about nine because I played it. I like it a lot, but it didn't super connect with me for some reason. I don't know why nine connected. I don't know. Maybe it was just a, it was one of the only ones that I had all the discs left for after a long <laughs> time, and I kept replaying it. It's the one with like a half monkey, half human, right? As the main guy. Yeah, and they kind of go back to a more it's like medieval, but kind of steampunk. Yeah, it's really they good. have like ships that fly, it's like really literal good. ships. Yeah. Um, and it's more like magic and whatever nights. No, it's definitely awesome. It's probably my third favorite Final Fantasy. For the record, Final Fantasy VII is a masterpiece. The soundtrack, the story, it's more important to the video game history. The uh, I like nine better. The leveling I, I think... system is incredible in, in seven. Going back and playing seven, a lot of people won't admit it, but there's a lot of translation errors and the graphics aren't really fantastic. Besides, I really like how they, um, I forget what they call it, static backgrounds. Where the yeah, background's yeah, yeah. really an image. It, it made it look really nice, I thought. But the story... Final Fantasy VII is cut from the same, or nine is cut from the same cloth, though. But yeah, it is. A lot is. more polished. And... Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
actually, story. I don't know. Fantasy is always about some kind of crystal and saving the world and whatnot. But you're kind of like a band of thieves that are theater actors. Yeah, yeah. The princess like leaves with you guys, but it ends up she's actually being like pursued. And there's a huge twist about halfway or a third of the way through the game where the the bad guy kind of switches or let's say there someone's betrayed. And um I've beaten the game once. The the last part of the game is kind of foggy on my memory because usually when I play through these games I get like two thirds of the way through the game and kind of Stop. <laughs> burn out and just something else comes out or yeah yeah whatever actually but uh it's a beautiful game i love the music i love everything about oh it. yeah the music and all the final fantasy games is great but definitely nine is up there i actually played nine after i already beat 10 that's oh, really yeah so that might be why i don't know i didn't play it when there's it no was voice acting out. yet yeah yeah all that kind of stuff yeah but it is an awesome game for sure and that leads right into my number one, which is the JRPG genre. And Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy X are way up there. I mean, seven is crazy. I hope that updated version eventually comes out one day. Yeah, I hope they don't massacre it. But <laughs> Yeah, what is the the thing with the, like the leveling up system or the... Um, the crystals, the balls. It's, uh, what's it called? Materia? Yeah. Or... There's, like, slots with your equipment and stuff. And yeah. the materia are just, like, bonuses or just, elemental uh, effects. a great concept. And with the the uh, the people you would conjure up or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's simple while being deep. And an actual great story with a, a main character dying in, a, like... After you're already invested, and extremely, yeah, I, I still think it's one of the best moments of video game history. I think just great characters. Barrett, I can remember Barrett, uh, Cloud, yeah. and all of them, and, and obviously the best villain maybe in video game history. Yeah, it it you'd be my favorite personally. Some people say one of the I don't know, Fantasy Five or Six has a better one, but I. Can't say I played it. Yeah. I mean, I might have dabbled in it, but I, like, I used to play when they would bring out the, you know, refreshed versions of five, four, five, and six or whatever. Yeah. I, I would play them. I would say I probably played through the beginning of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Or I get maybe a third or halfway at the most. And then I just, yeah, like you said before, would just find something else to catch my attention. But uh, another one right at the, up there for me is Suikoden 3. I know a lot okay. of I know a lot of people say Suikoden two, which I actually never even played, but I've played the first one and I played the third one, which was for PlayStation. And Some people would make the argument that they're better games. Then, yeah, I mean, I just there's 108 playable playable characters that you can acquire. Um, me and Zach Duker used to play Suikoden three, and we were obsessed with it. I think it's. It's amazing. I don't know. I that one for me. I might be out on an island, but I think it's great. But my favorite. I don't think you're far off. Um, 
A lot of people consider Final Fantasy Tactics to be best of the Final Fantasy games. So. Yeah, that's awesome too. That would be an honorable mention for me, for sure. And my number one video game of all time surprised me when it came out on top. Breath of Fire 3 for Super Nintendo. Okay. Or wait, or was it Fire games were solid. It wasn't Super Nintendo. It was PlayStation. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The original what? Breath of Fire was Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've played the original one a decent amount. Yeah, but the third one, I mean, I don't know. It's just I love the cartoonish graphics and just the dragon element to it. I don't know. I just thought that the it felt like just an incredibly great graphic Super Nintendo game, but on regular PlayStation. I just love the story. I love the the idea behind it and the dragons and the transformations and all that cool stuff. I I just remember playing that like to completion multiple times, which is the only RPG I've ever done that for. I was going to say, I remember watching you and even our cousin Danny. Yeah. Our cousin Scott playing that game a lot. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I had a PlayStation of my own at the time or, or I didn't have a memory card. So when I did come over, right, you can only get so far. Yeah. Which that's rough times. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Breath of Fire three, baby. I want to give a quick shout out for JRPGs. Star Ocean. It's called the Second Story. It was for the first PlayStation. All right. It's amazing. It's it's got the depth of like one of the, like a Breath of Fire or whatever, but it's one of those ones where you could some of the main characters you could not pick up or pick up or they could die or not die and the story would actually change. I think there was like 70 different endings or something. Yeah, I love that. I never played through the whole game, but it was amazing. Oh, I got one real quick. Wild Arms, the first one. All right, I loved the second one. Yeah, the first two are good, and then I feel like that series fell off completely. Oh, for sure. got terrible. Uh, that same thing happened with Star Ocean. They did the same exact thing. Yeah. They're pretty much the same. Wild Arms 2, I played 14 hours, probably pretty much straight, and saved when I went into a cave that you cannot leave with all my characters pretty much dead and without anything to revive them. Yeah, Never that played hurts. that game again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had one other one. Um, uh, the Fantasy Star series, which were, were Sega Genesis, the good ones at least. They were the only JRPGs for Genesis that were any good. And actually, arguably, some of the best RPGs ever. But can't say I've ever finished either any of them, either. These JRPGs are serious time sinks. Yeah, they are. But, I don't know, like... What is the 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 company behind Final Fantasy? Is it Mist something? Mistwalker Studios? Mistwalker is... The originator of those games okay. broke off, but they like JRPG usually have great characters, like the good ones. They have great characters, good stories, and get you invested enough to put the time in. Yeah, they're they're kind of like good animes, really. Yeah, they they're serious, but they they can be lighthearted. They're usually pretty basic stories in a way that add a lot of detail, like. You know, save the princess, save the world, get these yeah. things. But yeah. something about them work. Oh, Chrono Trigger is a good one, too. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Or Chrono Cross, even. And 
And I can't remember what the... There was one other one that I wanted to shout out, but oh well. Yeah. What's your number one? Halo 1. Yep. Which people can argue with me about that being the best game on my list all they want. I saw it coming. Yeah. There's just something about this game. I have literally beaten it literally over 200 times. There's just something that just doesn't get old to me about this game. It's... Maybe at this point it's like a comfort, like a blanket. Where it's just I know every square inch of the game so well. Like my own backyard. And plus all the memories of coming over and hooking our Xboxes up. Yeah. And playing like that kind of multiplayer for the first time. It was pretty amazing. Um, actual gameplay wise, like the multiplayer was nowhere near as good as 2. That's true. But it had its own unique uh, qualities to it. Yeah, there was just something that I never felt like they quite recaptured. again. Halo 3 was really, really good. It kind of went back to 1 a little bit. Because Hang 'em High wasn't in the second one, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they eventually, eventually. always came out for pretty much all of them. But yeah. that level, for some reason, just doesn't play good yeah. in the more modern ones. And... They made a Halo ODST, which is kind of a more artsy take, open world take. Some people don't love it, though. Mm -hmm. The most recent Halo 5 is probably the best gameplay out of all of them, but it's just missing a soul. There's just a lot of things that don't really work or make sense with it. But just purely gameplay-wise is amazing. Your soul is mine. I think they, they started taking themselves too seriously and tried to start plugging in too much lore. I think Halo was good when it, it had lore, but it was kind of like too big to really have a true answer to. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But Halo 1's a classic. If you yeah, haven't played, you're living under a rock. <laughs> See, that's the genre for me. I have some honorable mentions that are first-person shooters, but that's a genre where I'm not very good at it, and I'd rather watch other people be good at it. Like, It's really not easy to jump into, unless you're just... I guess it, they're so ubiquitous with gaming now that it's sort of the genre now. Yeah. Like, but, I played... What's the, the most popular? Call of Duty. I, play, I, I like the single-player campaigns in Call of Duty. Like, I'll play through that. On an easy setting, just so I can get through the story and have fun shooting bad guys or whatever. I agree with you, because... First off, you're the one that got me to play the first Modern Warfare. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which was incredible. It really gotta, was. I'm not a fan of Call of Duty. Literally. Because after Modern Warfare, <laughs> they just start recycling that. It's so weird, because me and Dave, your brother... Like, the day it came out, I think, that morning, we went to the store 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, bought it... Went over to my house when we lived in the basement apartment and literally played that game for 12 hours or 10 hours straight and beat it. And it was awesome. It had a hell of a time. Great story. Good stuff. Yeah, the, the thing I say about those games is half the time I don't even want to be playing it. Like, I just want to see what's going to happen next because I do think they should make movies. They're good, well, action movies for that matter. Well, they they are making a Call of Duty movie. I'm sure they are. And Conor McGregor is in it, apparently. 
hmm. has a scene and I don't know how much he's in it. But, or maybe he filmed something for the game. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, John Snow is the main protagonist and yeah, bad guy right. or whatever in the new one. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. But, but they're stuck in a... Call of Duty was good when it was... Modern Warfare was a breath of fresh air, but they did history. Yeah. Now they're stuck in, like, the future. Yeah, that's kind of whack. Where I, it's like... I kind of would just play Halo if I wanted to. Yeah, that. exactly. Like, it was... I still had fun playing a few levels of it, but... I, I couldn't stick with it. And, let's see, what other FPS... Uh, original Golden, GoldenEye for N64... I had that um, classic. Well, Perfect Dark and Perfect Dark was just sort of a beefed up version of the same game. But yeah, the, even the single player in Goldeneye was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, shout out to Mortal Kombat for fighting game. Cool. I hate fighting games, but I me too. Much respect. I did too, but I, I actually, I just like the whole milieu of Mortal Kombat with the fatalities and just the, they have great character design. And there was even this game for, I want to say, PlayStation 1 or 2 where they tried, they got weird with it. They had, like, it was not exactly a fighting game. It was, like, an adventure game with, like, side games and got weird, but still played it because I liked the characters. But um. that's all I can think of. Or the, I know one more, one more uh, fighting game. The Dragon Ball GT. Oh, GT. Yeah. yeah. It the was like an like, RPG you fighting to translate game. translate it. <laughs> yeah. But it was like an RPG fighting game because you would have to die, but then you'd get stronger. You'd actually level up. Yeah. Like Goku. And, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty cool. Um, Real quick, I gave no love to Nintendo. That's not a slight. It's just really hard for me to pick five games. Super Mario World, Mario 64, Zelda A Link to the Past, the, the two for N64, Ricana Time, Majora's Mask. Yeah. And Metroid Prime for the GameCube. I never really played Metroid. It's sort of similar, like a Zelda or whatever, you like lose all your good equipment in the beginning, kind of have to find it as you go. But they did it in cool ways. And um, the one game that just missed my list, it's my number six, was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Originally for PlayStation, Sega Saturn. Yeah, I never played it, but I heard it was awesome. I never got into those Castlevania games, but it was like a more RPG-like, and you found more equipment and stuff it and it has one of the coolest easter eggs in video game history where if you beat the game a certain way you got to go through the castle it was called the inverted castle it was like 10 times harder and the castle sort of open world in a 2d kind of way yeah. to sum up how the game plays like you can go through the different parts so like you you can turn into a bat you can fly up to higher places there's a double jump there's a different things to get to different areas. Kind of like Mario 64. No way. Whereas you get farther in the game, you realize you can get to these different parts. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I, I gotta give a shout out, because I played the hell out of some Game Boy and Game Boy Advance and stuff like that, so 
Advance Wars I liked a lot. The Pokemon, the original Pokemon games. The original Pokemon was awesome. Um, what else? Like uh, Ace Attorney or whatever. Uh, I can't remember the game. Something right. It's like a puzzle game. And a, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, games like that I always enjoy, and that's kind of transition into my mobile gaming. That's all I do now is try to find cool mobile games. So, yeah, I think we're going to have to fly through what else we played, because it's a long episode here. Yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say. I, whatever. I'll just list off the game. I'm, the mobile game I'm hooked on right now is Soul Hunters, which is kind of like an RPG-type time sync like what's that dragon one that i used to play uh, basically i'll keep i'll be obsessed with it play it every day until i realize there's no point to this why am i doing this and then i'll quit cold turkey yeah <laughs> i haven't quite reached that point with soul hunters yet but i'm sure i'm getting close uh i played like a half an hour of life is strange on steam the first chapter really cool concept really cool game just haven't had time. Um, yeah. these, these kind of games, it's hard for me to actually sit down and play with the kids and all. So, But I definitely want to eventually try to play it a little bit more. Uh, the Wolf Among Us is one of the telltale games, mobile games, that you know you make decisions and push buttons to do the action, and that's a lot of fun. Evil I App- like them games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Evil Apples is a mobile game that's mobile game version of Cards Against Humanity and that can be fun sometimes when you don't have a ton of time and you just want to laugh a bit Uh, Pokemon Go I tried twice and couldn't get past five minutes either time not my thing I don't get it I think it's a cool concept but it's not something I'm ever going to play completely agree and yeah that's about it for me anything you want to say real quick I I play Halo probably at least a, at least a game a day, just to do. I like it, and it's a game that you have to keep playing to stay like halfway competitive at. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely that's why I can't do it. I've recently replayed Red Dead Redemption. I've talked about it. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and I like playing this game called Geometry Wars, which yeah. is a very arcadey. Adrenaline rush kind of game. You're always so good at it. Yeah. I have the number 102 highest score right now. That's awesome. So I don't understand why I clicked with that game so much. Yeah. I remember just getting irritated because I sucked at it. But, yeah, it's a really cool to look at game. I could watch anyone play it. I think I liked it because... When I started getting decent at it, it's one of those games that people would stop and watch me. Yeah. Like, how were you alive? <laughs> exactly. I would just sit there and watch you and be like, what the hell? How did you do that? <laughs> but, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Cool. Well, I guess we should hit these trailers real quick. Uh, a couple movie trailers. Uh, Logan, did you see this came out today? Yes. Old Man, like Wolverine 3, Old Man Logan. Um, basically, this last, the last time Hugh Jack, Jackman will play the role of Wolverine, and 
he plays the older version, broken down. Looks like it's a little bit in the future where mutants are maybe becoming extinct. I don't know exactly. It's not clear, but obviously. This is partially based off of something that exists. Yep. Old man, okay. old, old man Logan in a comics. He actually meets up with Hawk. It's a really cool storyline. Um, but yeah, he's like, I guess him and Professor X are going on a road trip here. And he has a little girl with him who has mysterious powers, which I know a little bit more of, but I'm not going to say it. And yeah, seems really cool to me. I got to say, it's, I'm, one of the most excited I've been about a superhero trailer ever. Yeah, because... This looks like a real movie that happens to be about Wolverine. Exactly. And that's what... Look, we're getting 10 a year now, so that's what they need to do. If if this genre is going to last the test of time and actually like stick around, they need to get creative and not just do the same old thing over and over again and this at least i don't know if it's going to be great i think it has the potential to be great but at least they're going for something a little bit different yeah i think it would also make me like like movies like the avengers a little more if there was something else right right like if every movie didn't kind of follow that formula even though they have to deal with so many more characters exactly this isn't a emotion. Movie. It seems like they're taking themselves seriously, but not like kind of comically seriously. Yep. Exactly. I don't know. It's a very serious movie, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, and we could be getting fooled because it is a trailer and they can be deceiving, but I don't know. With man. Professor X and all, there seems like there's emotion. Yeah. And, and I, not everything's like so on the nose and I'm, very excited to see what else comes from this yeah absolutely and unlike deadpool which is a movie that says or makes fun of the superhero tropes while doing the exact same ones this just seems to be doing different ones yeah so that's really cool i'll give it a prejudgment of eight and a half i am right on the money with you all right cool and on the other side of the spectrum, but in a good way, it's Guardians of the Galaxy 2 teaser trailer, about a minute long. This obviously is a little bit more, at least Guardians of the Galaxy was a little bit more on the nose with that, but it, they did it so well that it, it didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the movie it should have been. Yeah, and this teaser just basically has that song again, Hooked on a Feeling, works yeah. well, I love it, and... uh uh, Star Lord has grown a goatee, and there's all just basically just getting you back in the mood. I think trying to prepare you for next summer. What did you think? I like how the trailer's not like action porn. Yeah, it's mostly just one little scene with yeah. other stuff clipped in. But yeah, it wasn't amazing, but it did enough to get me like, oh yeah, I did love that movie. Oh, I can't wait to see this next one. You know, just perfect yeah. for what it was. It's really funny. I like how it's the humor sort of dry in a way. It's yeah. not like super dry where you, you wouldn't get it, but But see here's the thing, like I don't think the humor plays as much in trailer form as it does in the actual movie for some reason. I could get with you on that. Because like the first trailer for the first movie, I was like, I don't know, they're trying to be funny. I I didn't think it was that funny. But then in the movie I did. And then here the scene with Chris Pratt and Dave Bautista and 
their little awkward interaction. Like I saw what it was going for. I just didn't think it was all that great. But I have faith that in the movie it will play way better. The, I think the one reason I like this trailer a little more than like you did is uh, I, I really don't know all the names. The, the wrestler guy. Yeah, Dave Bautista. Um, he was actually, after I watched the movie a few times, kind of my favorite part. Yeah, he's great. He's Somehow. hilarious, <laughs> kind of inadvertently. Yeah. Or not really, but he's not like a Groot and a raccoon who are amazing. Like Groot and the, the prison thing. <laughs> like we just got to <laughs> yeah. sneak around and do this and just... <laughs> <laughs> And the raccoon with being like a kleptomaniac. Yeah, he's awesome. Bradley Cooper. Serious, but I I gotta say this. I will see this in the movie theaters. Nice. I'm not <laughs> sold 100% on Logan. Seeing it in theaters, at least. Yeah. But I don't normally go. Right. So. We yeah. should go together for this one. Yeah, I'd be down to do that. We should if we do that. We should, like, review it. Yeah, definitely. One of our only... Theatrical review. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing it. I'll give it an 8 out of 10, prejudge. I'm giving it a 9. Nice. I hope that's what it is. But I gave the first one a 9. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. It's always a sophomore slump, so. Yeah, but sometimes the sequels can be the best of the franchise. I mean, the second one. I agree. But there's a lot of sequels that I like better that people don't agree with me. Fair enough. And the last trailer is the newest trailer for Assassin's Creed, which uh, oh, yeah. Michael Fassbender as the assassin. You know the deal. This is a video game episode. Uh, what'd you think? Kind of high hopes for this movie. I don't have a huge attachment to Assassin's Creed. As the first one was one of the most disappointing games. Kind of on my part a little bit. But I. Along with Fable, that was a game I traded in the next day after I bought it. Yeah. When I realized every mission was the same. Exact same. Um, they have made some good ones since. The, they made one called Black Flag that was about pirates. That was yeah, that one does. The only cool. games I played for my new Xbox for a long time. But the movie looks great. Great cast. Yeah. It looks good. The cast looks good for sure. There's actually a lot more practical effect. Like I saw when they do the big leaps, the leaps of faith, they're doing them. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's insane. <laughs> Minor quip I have is when they go into the, the thing they call the animus, which is all the stuff in the past isn't real. It's like simulated. VR, baby. Yeah, they, they explain it. In the whatever. I don't like how it's it, he's like actually moving around. In the game, you kind of like lay on a bed and it's all in your head. You pellet and you didn't know. It's a very minor thing. And the thing about the game I didn't like was the sci-fi aspect of it. I kind yeah. of always wanted them to just be historical games. Yep. So I'm wondering how they... Maybe that has something to do with making the sci-fi part better. But we shall see. Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is almost like... A Westworld, the pilot for Westworld problem that I had where I think I'm going to love all the stuff when he's in the medieval times being an assassin and 
I don't know about when he's in the Animus and in the regular modern world. I don't know. Might just be yeah. info dump, boring. Come on, let's get to the other part. You know, I'm not sure yet. It's one of the things I hope the like director and studio kind of took liberties with because it's something the game never really figured out either. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten prejudge. Yeah, I was going to give it a seven. So pretty much right there. Cool, cool. All right, well, don't get over the video game theme just yet because on the next episode we're reviewing Warcraft, the movie. But, but we'll be weird back. how that worked out. <laughs> yeah, but we'll be back to our regular what else we watched in a top five movie related thing. <laughs> so come on back next week. Thanks for listening to this. Let us know what you thought of this video game version of the podcast. We'll be- definitely yeah. be curious to hear people's thoughts and you know email us as always the Redbox Report at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. Like us on Facebook, Face Cook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And uh, peace out, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Game over. Game over. <laughs> yeah.